Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Adam Klickfeld's weekly Rashi study class. We are, uh, we just finished the verse in the Rashi on chapter um, 5, verse 13. So we'll start with verse 14, but let's go back one verse quickly just to get us moving. Um, verse 13 of chapter 5, uh, we had this wonderful verb, atzim v'hanogsim atzim lemor. The taskmasters were were utzing them, were pushing them, were driving them, saying, "Kaluma sechem devar yom biyomo." Finish your duties, your the, the things you're supposed to do, your obligations, um, as a daily thing, a devar yom biyomo, a thing each day. Kaasher biyotatevin, and this is very terse language, something like such as was the case when there had been straw. But it takes many more uh, English words to say that in Hebrew, meaning you still have the same obligations to produce the libanim, the bricks, from when you were also given the straw directly to do it. Now you're not given the straw. You have to collect it yourself. That's where we were. Uh, and we dealt with the Rashi's on this. And now we're on verse 14. Uh, Elon, welcome back. How's your father? Uh, still in ICU. Still in ICU. Uh, still uh, trying to kickstart his kidneys with dialysis, still low blood pressure. Uh, so I'm going to go back uh, next week. So, all right, he's in our, he's in our bracha, Zilan. Thank you. Um, okay, so let's read verse 14. Uh, Rick, do you want to read verse 14? Rick, are you there? Yeah, no. uh, okay. I wasn't there, but now I am are. there. Unlike the Holy One, who always has been there. <laughs> one of the many ways that you are not like God. But you have some God-like attributes. Keep going. I didn't do anything yet. Can't, <laughs> can't keep going if I haven't done anything. Verse 14, you say, Vayaku? Yeah, Vayuku. Correct. Vayuku. Shotrei b'nei Yisrael, asher samu alehem, nuksei faro lemor. So that's the midpoint. And um, Madua has the Pazer, Lo, Chilitem, Chokchem, Lilbon, Kitmol, Shilshom. We've seen that before. Gam Tumo, Gam Hayom. Right. So before you even try to translate, this is, a, this, is a, um, this is almost like a sentence from which words that we can intuit have been removed. So we're going to be able to fill in the gap. But it's as if an editor came in and took out, you know, a preposition here, a verb there. You know that you know that exercise that that um, you know, if you if you take out a certain percentage of the letters in a paragraph, most Americans can read it fluently. Like thirty percent of the letters, you you still know exactly what it's what's being said because your brain fills in the difference. This is almost a verse where where it was it was a test. How how, how many? How many connecting phrases can we remove and still have it mean what the reader will know what it's supposed to say? So let's give it a shot. So vayaku is the verb. Um, and going into the English, have to go ways into it. Had put over them is uh, what I see here. I'm not familiar with vayaku. <clears throat> um, you know what? Um, the last time we had this root was way back in a scene with Moshe and some Egyptians. Look it back. Look, it looks like Vayahulu. That's why I said Vayah. 
right. the first time. Every, look, everybody look back on chapter 2, verse 12. Moshe, Moshe's awakening when he sees the, um, the Egyptian wailing on the, um, on the Israelite. Actually, it's two, two, two verses in a row. So verse 11. During those days, Moshe, Moshe grew up. He went out to his brethren. He saw their sufferings. It, it, it's amazing writing. Just so much said in nine words. He saw an Egyptian man smiting Ish Ivri Mechav. That's the Vayuku. Right. Ma- the Hebrew man from his brothers, and then by Yifen Kobacho, he looked this way and that by Yarki Eni, she saw there was no man. We're not going to go back into the many different things that that could mean. Vayach, and he smote at Hamitzri the Egyptian. So yeah. from the root Hey Kaf Hey, um, uh, and um, in in a uh, in the hey, present tense, you add a mem like like the root Davar adds gets a mem for Midaber. That's why it's Makhe, um, and. Because the, because there's a hay in the beginning and a hay in the end of the root, those hay sometimes disappear. So vayuku is actually the um, the if you want to be it's the hufal form of the root lehakot, and it's um, passive. So it means they were smitten, they were um, they were hit, or they were doesn't mean they were killed, right? In the in the Egyptian scene, the second version of what um the second sentence means that Ra- that Moshe killed the Egyptian here it just means they were smacked down right they were beat they were beaten uh in in rabbinic Hebrew the makot right were the lashes that a Jew would be given if they were um um if they were um violating a certain number of mitzvot right or or certain mitzvot so vayuku they were smitten the plagues they the plagues yeah, Eser Makot, exactly right. Eser Makot, the ten plagues. That's the exact same root. So right? that's that's a nice play on words. If they're if the author is using it here, and then it's echoing at the the plagues later on. Yeah. Um, but the translation from the Silverman here had put over them. It it doesn't do the the violence of the hitting. It it doesn't uh, do that justice. Right. They they hit him with all this uh, burden. Right? No, 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 no. The 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 hitting is what happened to the shotrim. Finish, just finish. Try to translate the sentence. Oh, we're sm- uh, okay. We're smitten. Okay, I didn't see that. The the, okay. the subject of Bayuku is the phrase shotrei bnei Yisrael asher samu alaihem nokseifaro. Right. So, so they were smitten. Who were smitten? Shotrei bnei Yisrael asher samu alaihem nokseifaro. So, so. What what is that phrase? Shotrei bnei Yisrael asher samu aleihem nuksefaro mean? Um, you you just translated it. You translate it. <laughs> I feel like I'm in an Abbott and Costello routine. So <laughs> I didn't translate. I just read it several times. Shotrei bnei Yisrael are um here it says the bailiffs, but those are the um taskmasters or or the uh, the the um. We were using supervisor before. Not that that's the only word, but like the the if you, if you will, if you want to use terrible Nazi imagery, the kapos, right? The Israelites who were recruited by the Egyptians to help 
mete out the uh, the tyranny. Yeah. Okay. Vishotre b'nei Israel, Asher Samu Alehem, that were um, that were put on them on on the rest of the population. Um, I'm not doing well with this. It, it's hard because you have you have a verb, and then you have a long phrase which is the subject of the verb, and in that phrase you have another verb where the subject is, comes afterwards. So the way I would build it is this way: no, the 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 shotrim who were Israelites that the nogsei paro had samu alehem. If I want to Hebrew English it, right? So you have the Nogsei Paro, those are the taskmasters. They had put on the Israelites, the slaves, Shotrim from among the Israelites. And actually, the, the dependent clause is not even done yet because in, in, you could really say that what's the subject of Vayuku? All of the rest of the verse. The who were smitten? The 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 very Shotrim supervisors who had been placed over the Israelites by the Nogsei Pharaoh, and which Nogsei Pharaoh? The ones who had said, this is the continuation of the verse, why don't you complete, I'm doing a little bit of your work for you, um, Rick, why do you not complete your 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 law, but your your obligation, to make bricks, as the day before yesterday, gam t'mol gam hayom, also yesterday and also today all of those so so all of that is 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 driving the verb vayuku but you've got several like sub clauses in there so it's sort of hard to make sense of but you could build it backwards those taskmasters the noxim who had said to the israelites why aren't you completing your obligations as you used to and who had put upon the Israelites shotrim task um, supervisors, those supervisors were smitten. But it's very hard to say that in one sentence. Here's how Ever Fox does it. And the officers of the children of Israel, comma, whom Pharaoh's slave drivers had set over them, comma, were beaten, comma, and then he has to make things up, kind of. They said to them, who's the they? It's the taskmaster's had said to the um, Israelites, for what reason have you not finished baking your allocation as yesterday and the day before? So yesterday, so today, question mark. It's still clunky, even with Everfox, and he usually unclunkifies it. Here's my question for you. Does anyone have a question as to the, the, the not the structure, but the raw meaning of this verse? Or anyone want to give a comment on what on the on just the information that is being communicated joel your hand is up and i saw norm's norm and rachel's hand was up before also but joel since i see your hand now i, I just want to unclunkify it a little bit by just saying that's that's what the taskmasters said to the shotrim as they beat them in other words the 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 supervisors were responsible for getting the that the daily quota and if, if the israelites didn't get the daily quota the the supervisors were beaten, saying, you didn't get your daily quota. I'm beating you now. Uh, I accept that emendation. I think it's not the only way to read it, but that you're saying that once we get to the Lemur Madua, it's no longer defining or describing what had happened previously, but it's actually adding on to the Vayuku. They they smote them, 
And then they also said this while they were smiting them. I accept that. Yeah. And also okay. they were saying it to the to the to the Shoturim, not to the not to the Israelites. Possible. Okay. Uh Larry Diane. I'm agreeing with Joel completely. So it's a strange verse because it's written, I think, in the passive. So you've got the Shotrei B'nei Yisrael, as you said, were the were the kapos. They're the second tier, all right. And they were put by the by the taskmasters, who are the first level, mm-hmm. not, not including the, the pharaoh. So the the understanding that Joel has, and the is, is the same as the reading that Alter has, <clears throat> and the overseers of the Israelites, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters has set over them were beaten, saying, so the question is, who's the saying? And it's pretty clear the saying happens to be Pharaoh's taskmasters. So if you put it actively, you would say, Pharaoh's taskmasters beat the overseers of the Israelites, saying, and um, Alter has an interesting comment about, about this. He says, the Egyptians instituted an effective chain of command for forced labor. It would not be feasible to beat all the teeming thousands of Hebrew slaves. Mm. So when they fail to produce their daily quota, the Israelite overseers are made personally responsible and are beaten by the Egyptian slave drivers. The overseers then in turn protest to Pharaoh, crying out or screaming, which is a predictable reaction to the beating. Hmm. So, um, and... I suppose I can't think of any examples that that's a very effective way to to rule is you threaten the the those who are in charge that they're the ones that are going to suffer and you make them suffer so they have an incentive to make sure that the people are doing the work. Yeah, it's an effective way to do any leadership whether it's tyrannical leadership or healthy leadership, right? That 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 the the the, the one at the top of the chain doesn't always have direct contact with every every subject. Hopefully, I remember my last year of rabbinical school, we had a seminar really talking about like, you know, now that you're really on the way out and about to go serve the Jews as opposed to just learning all the material. We talked about um, the different, the, the, the truly different structures and cultures of synagogues based on their sizes. And I remember at the time pushing against this idea and feeling that that this was this was overly wonky and mm-hmm. overly theoretical, and you know when when a rabbi's out there, a rabbi's just actually out there teaching Torah and serving people's needs. Uh, and I and I had a hard time taking this in. And they basically said that there um, that the smallest synagogue is kind of like a mom and pop shul um, where nothing happens if the rabbi is not involved directly. And then the largest synagogue really operates like a corporate nonprofit, and primarily the rabbi is the rabbi. Uh, frankly, uh, to the board and to the donors. And then it's other people on the staff who are really the rabbis or the educators of the, of the congregation. I was very upset by that notion, just the idea that, that, the, that just by dint of the size of the institution, that the rabbi's task would change radically. Having served in a tiny congregation and now serving a larger congregation, uh, I will say that on some level, that's inevitable, right? I, I, I hope it's the case that no one here feels that, that, um, that primarily I'm a, I'm a rabbi to, to the, to the board of directors rather than a rabbi to the synagogue. But it is the case that an enormous amount of 
what I hope gets done in the institution and a vision that I have for it this year, next five to 10 years is being done by, 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 by people, by people elsewhere in the structure of the institution. That's, that's healthy delegation. Um, and if I were a tyrant, right, that would be healthy delegation. Also, it wouldn't be me individually smiting every constituent. It would be me making sure I had people to do the smiting for me. Um, before we go to Joanna, Larry, can you read um, Kaplan on this? I'm wondering how he puts the sentence together. And the more I think about it, the more I, I also accept Joel's emendation. It's, it's interesting. I never read the verse that way. I don't know why. I always read the verse as the Lamor continuing to describe who had been doing the smiting of the supervisors. Who? The ones, the very ones who had said, how come you're not doing your work? But now I, I think it makes more sense to say that that this that this Madua lo is happening while the smiting is happening. But read Arya Kaplan. The Israelite foremen, whom Pharaoh's administrators had appointed, were flogged, period. They were told, mm. yesterday and today you did not complete your quotas. Why didn't you make as many bricks as before? Yeah. Okay, so that's interesting. So he actually turns it into the... Um, he, he he continues the passive voice to the second half of the verse, even though uh, it's not necessarily uh, has to be translated that way. Great. Joanna, and then I want to ask people about how we're thinking about the Kitmol Shoshom and the Kitmol Gam Hayom, because we kind of know what it means, but I want to break down what the words mean. Joanna? So it always fascinates me the different words for leadership that are used. So far, we've had Zekenim and Shotrim. And um, I'm kind of connecting a little bit to Parshat Shoftim when it talks about all the different kinds of leaders and you have to judge fairly the leaders you have in those times. And I wonder if it's a read back to this because this kind of leader, I think, you know, many in B'nai Israel might not be so happy with because they're caught between a rock and a hard place. And, you know, I don't know. I just, I find it fascinating this term that's used here and that we see it again in Shoftim, Shoftim Dream. Right. Right. We're going to see in Rashi a little bit that, that this, that, that these, this layer of Shoftim that is, that are deputized into a horrific place in the system to have to beat down on, beat, advocate for, but also beat down and squeeze their own constituents is very much connected, at least in Rashi and the Midrash's imagination, to what Moshe is going to beg God for in a couple of chapters in Parsha Yitro. And he says, I can't do this all myself. I need, I, I need helpers. I need Zikanim. Um, and Shoftim Vashotrim is a delayed reaction to that, right? So we're, let's say it this way, we're, we're, we're seeing in travail and in suffering the embryonic, stage of future Israelite leadership. We're just seeing it imposed in a tyrannical situation, but it's actually, um, but, but, but this structure, this remnant is going to persist even when we're creating our own reality rather than having being created for us. Um, this may sound like a very strange association, but you know, but you know me long enough to know that I make these associations. I remember when um, the the, irrev the the revelatory experience it was when I realized that the voice of my infant daughter as she babbled was actually becoming her speaking voice. I think before that, I thought, oh, there's a baby babbling, and that's all generic. And then 
someone develops a speaking voice and it's totally different. And when you're watching in real time, it's like, oh no, the, the very vocal cords that are producing the sounds that are babbling and, 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 and googling and goggling, those are, that's going to be the sound of her voice as she's producing words. It doesn't, it, it doesn't it's not like a, a hard break between them. Um, that was a delightful thing to witness. The, 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 the very ways in which the Israelites are learning how to be in relationship with each other in slavery is going to show itself post-slavery as they're developing a life for how to serve not a tyrannical Lord, but hopefully a benevolent Lord. Um, and you could trace that. Uh, Rebecca or Leonard, I don't know if which who raised their hand. Yeah, I was wondering in verse 12, where it says the the people had to uh, scatter throughout the land of Egypt to gather the straw. I wonder if the reason that the taskmasters are uh, confronting the supervisors and beating them is because a lot of the people aren't back yet. They're still out gathering straw. Hmm. Not only have they not brought the straw back, but there's not a full workforce uh, available yet they're still out gathering so maybe that's why they confront the supervisors yeah that's interesting what, what which pushes us to to be a little more precise in our because your comment rebecca suggesting that we're dealing with a long period of time and the reason why the show stream are are the ones being beaten is because there was like an expedition party to go get more straw and they haven't returned yet. Um, but the question is, are we dealing with like, um, like a vague period of time or a very specific period of time? If we go back to the shot of the verse, which is hard to figure out and Rashi is going to help us, or at least Rashi is going to tell us what he thinks it means. So the Madua Lochilitem, why have you not completed your due, your duty, your obligation, Lil Bone, to make bricks, what do we think kitmol shilshom gam tmol gam hayom means, right? Because kitmol shilshom, if we, if, if, we, if we take it, it's hard to take it the way it means in modern Hebrew. But if we tried to, kitmol shilshom would mean like yesterday and the day before, gam tmol gam hayom, also yesterday and today. What do we think that four or five word phrase actually mean? Did anyone want to give a shot at it? Uh, without relying on the on the translations in front of you but but relying on your sense of what the words mean and what the sentence could or should mean anyone if no then we'll we'll wait and see what how rashi reads it but it's an interesting structure right because we have both the tmol shom, which we've seen does could mean in the torah not just explicitly yesterday and the day before as it would in modern hebrew but just a way of saying as in the past and that was in verse seven right, we, right. that's that's where i heard it before but then he adds in gam tmol gam hayom also yesterday also today so we, we have to work and see what that could possibly mean excuse me uh joanne and then joel um so the way i read it is like in the recent past, the day before yesterday, you were doing a certain allotment every day. But in the more recent past, as in yesterday and today, since, you know, basically, in other words, since Pharaoh made this new decree that you're not getting the straw anymore, you're not living up to the standards. You're not doing what you need to be doing. And so how do you find that precisely in those words? Walk, walk me through because, those words. Because of... Uh, because of uh, 
well, because of where the guns are, to me, the day before yesterday is separated from yesterday and today. So what was different about yesterday and today than the further back past? In the further back past, you were, you know, you were meeting the expectation, but now the expectation is the same, even though the work has changed and you're not meeting it. Gam tamol, gam hayom. So you're sort of reading the gam the gam as a neither nor, right? Neither right. yesterday tamol, neither today hayom. Were you completing things as you completed them? Kitmol shalshom, which doesn't mean the just the day before yesterday, but as in the past. That's how you're reading it, right. Joanna. Right, like kitmol shalshom to me is all the days before yesterday and today. Aha, uh-huh. great. Okay. Uh, Larry, Diane, and then, and th- that's actually very close to what Rashi is going to read, uh, but, but not the only way to put those words together. A- anybody think mathematically? So if you define things like segments and intervals and rays, if you know what those are, a ray is something that starts at a point and goes on forever. Wait, Larry, so- this is Rashi, not Learned League. You have to be, you have to <laughs> make a distinction. Yeah, but this fits in perfectly. So a ray, a ray is like a, a straight line that goes on forever. It starts at one point and goes on forever. So imagine that you actually have a line that goes on in infinity, and you have three points on the line. You have A, B, and C. So A is Shilshon, it's the furthest back. B is at Mol, or Tamol, it's in the middle, and C is Hayom. So what he's saying is, from the ray that goes from B, from Tamal to Shoshon, from B to A, and on forever. In the past, forever, you did one thing, but now, from yesterday till through today onto the future, the ray that's going from B to A and extends to the future, you're doing something else. So mathematically, it's perfect. In the past, dividing at yesterday, you did this, and in the future, this is what you're doing the present and the future. What I like most about that comment is that it does a better job than Rosh is about to do of explaining why Tmol appears twice. That's really wonderful because you're doing A, you know, BA and BC. Uh, that's great. That's great. Um, so let's use that as a jumping off point to Rashi. Rick, you're resurrected. So if you want to read. Sure. <clears throat> sure. Vayakusho Trevene Yuku. Vayuku, right. Vayuku Sho Trevene Israel. Hashotrim Yisraelim Hayu. Period. So, first thing he's saying is if you're wondering, reader, who these Shotrim were, right? Um, he's, telling, he's telling us, reminding us that they were Israelites. And just look back at Rashi on verse six for a second. <coughs> when Rashi. Um, we first get the the word noxim in verse six. Rashi says the noxim, mitzriim hayu, the noxim, the nogais, the taskmasters were Egyptian. The hashotrim hayu Yisraelim. The the shotrim, however, whatever we're going to use, the the supervisors were Israelites. Hanogais mumune alkama shotrim. Each super each taskmaster was appointed. Had authority over a bunch of shotrim, the hashoter, and each shoter, each supervisor, mimune lirdot be osehamlacha, 
to had had to have dominion over those who are actually doing the work. So Rashi's already told us that he's now t- retelling us that in um, in concise language. Hashotrim Yisraelim Hayu. If you've forgotten Israel, if you've forgotten reader, and we hadn't forgotten, but he wants to make sure we hadn't forgotten. These are the Israelites. Okay. Right. See if you can do that. What does anyone know what chas means? What is chet samech? Chas v'chalila. Right. What is that word? What is the, what is the chas in chas v'chalila or chas v'shalom mean? Don't know. There's a, there's a phrase that that I sometimes teach um, when I'm doing chametz. Rachmana chasa al mamonam shel Yisrael. Rachmana, the holy one, has mercy. Chas really means mercy for the financial situations of the Israelites. Oh, related to Chesed. Mm, that's interesting. If it's related to chesed, it's related in the that that notion that sometimes the first two letters create a family of verbs, but it's not directly related. It's not it's not the same root, but it might be in the family of roots, in like the genus of roots. Yeah. Um, and when we say that phrase, Rahman Achasa Amamanam Shisrael, this is not a joke. It's why you have to get rid of the cereal in your house before Pesach, but you're allowed to keep your whiskey, right? You shouldn't, you don't have to. Um, to to get to rid the chametz for your house, you shouldn't have to get rid of things that have an enormous amount of value, right? Because chas has means have mercy on. Uh, Joel, you're going to say something on that point before we, before we continue. Yeah, that's what uh, God says uh, in Jonah, Anilo achus al Right, chasta al hakikayon. Right, right. That that you had mercy. You were had mercy. You were concerned about this. This gourd that just came up yesterday, today, you, want, you don't want me to have mercy on the Ninevites? Good. Okay. So, uh, and, and Rick, I got th- it's really interesting. I never connected chas to chesed. Um, but okay, I got to think about that. Go ahead. So what does chasim al-chavrehem miledochkam mean? So the um, Israelite shotrim, I'm, I'm having such difficulty separating the nouns. But the Shotrim are having mercy on their uh, on their fellows. Mi le dochkam. The root is it's you have the verb dochek to press. Le dochek lidchok is is to press. Le dochkam to press them. Mi le dochkam means something like that they had mercy on their friends. You have to add, add in words. Such that they didn't want to have to press, press, press them, or or they 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 mercifully chose not to press them, okay? Because that's what they've been asked to do. They had been asked by their taskmasters, the Noxim, press those slaves. They had mercy on them, which which held them back from pressing them. Okay, Ukshayu. Ukshayu mashlimim halaveinim lenoxim shehem mitzriim. A lot of eames there, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, when they handed over the bricks, Levinim, to the taskmasters, those are the who were Egyptians, okay. right? What's mush, what's mushlimim? Um, shalem, shalom, not not shalom, but shalem, a complete, right? So, um, when they had finished, we have to add in. Any individual day's worth of work, and is the Hayu the slaves, or is Hayu the the Shotrim, meaning who who's actually doing the completed work? It's not even that important. But um, and 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 they had 
handed over. I like that. Or shown the 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 number of bricks to the Egyptian, the taskmasters who were Egyptians. Yeah, Baya. Baya haser min has Um, in uh, uh, some it was deficient in the total. Right. So haser is- means it's missing. Min right. haschum. Yeah, from the amount. So at the end of a given day, you know the you had you had to you had to show how many you had done. Right. And if there were, since there were fewer, and why were there fewer? Because the supervisors were not pressing the Israelites to make as many as they had before, because they now had new responsibilities on them to collect the tev. And Hayu, Hayu Malkin Otam Al Shalo Dachaku. There's that verb again. Et Ose Hamlacha. Period. So, so we we need to fill in the subject and the verb here. They would would whip or beat them. Who's the they and who's the them? The uh, Egyptians and the Israelites? Right. The Egyptian Nogsim would, this is um, Malkin. So in the um, Hebrew root for to, to smite or to whip is Lehakot. But the rabbinic Hebrew, by the time we get the Talmud, it's, it's, it, it's a different word. Lehalkot. And the kaf becomes a kuf. And so Malkin means to, to whip, to, um, to beat. So they beat the Israelites. Why? Why did the Noxim whip the Hebrew supervisors? Because they hadn't urged on the uh, Israelite workmen. Right. So it's interesting. Who gets whipped? Not the workers who weren't doing their work, but the supervisors who weren't forcing the workers to work more. Going back to the the, the levels of tyranny. Right. Um, we, the, the, the slaves are in a terrible situation anyway. But the ones who are getting the direct heat here are the ones who refuse to make the slave situations worse. Okay. Let's so see. that's why you kushut rei b'nei Israel. Questions or comments on that? Keep going. Lefichach zachu otam shotrim liot sanhedrin. Okay. On this account, um, these uh, um, supervisors, the shotrim, were privileged to become members of the Sanhedrin later on. Right. So, 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 what a ninety-degree turn. So, Rashi starts by helping us understand a a verse that was missing a lot of components, and we're now understanding the full weight of the experience of a supervisor. And Rashi says, "Guess what? That no one would want to be in that situation, but because of their merit." Right, it's 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 akin almost to the merit of the of the of the midwives who refused to do Pharaoh's dirty work, and we remember all those midrashim talk about how they were rewarded in many different ways and who they became. These shodrim, and we're gonna get a proof text in a second. They became the Sanhedrin, as it were, and and I think Rashi here is using the word Sanhedrin generally, not specifically, because he's not going that anachronistic. He's not saying. They lived long enough to be the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem, uh, you know, pre pre Talmudic era. But they became the ones responsible for the people in the in good times because they agreed to be responsible. They were forced into being responsible for the Israelites in bad times, and they did not use their authority to make it worse for the people down in the flesh pots. The um, the Hussam, is that the scene? Alehem, yep. 
What does that mean? Ne'etzal min haruach asher al Moshe sam alehem. Phrase? Anyone know what, what that might be referring to? Um, I have the Silverman translation. Try, try to do it without the translation. Um, the Ruach Asher al Moshe. Um, the, the spirit on, on Moses. The, the, uh, the um, Holy Spirit that, that allowed Moses to, to shine and to speak with authority. Netzal. Sometimes it's like it was, it was like divided from or a portion of that holy divine spirit that had been placed so squarely on Moshe was taken from Moshe, Vehusam. this is the nifal, or maybe the hufal, uh, the passive of lasim. Lasim is to put, so Husam was put, or was placed, alehem. Okay. Meaning what? That um, um, because they had done this good thing in taking the beating, that they, they get the, uh, the part of the leadership. Um, like the, uh, they were some of the judges... In right. the Shof team. Right. And look and think of the parallel here here. Parallel here. Moshe, we, we referenced the scene earlier. Moshe gets in between the Egyptians and the Israelites. And as at least, you know, immediately in that scene, because of that, he has to flee. But that sets him up for being a worthy leader of the Israelites. The Shotrim are also, they were placed against their will, probably, between the Egyptians and the Israelites, but they used their place, rather than to push down, to push up. And to push up is very, very dangerous in that situation. And as a result of using their position to push up rather than push down, they get to share the very glory, the very hod and tiferet that Moshe gets as a result of his leadership. Shene'emar. Shene'emar esfa. And you're pulling it up there, I see. Right. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, okay. So, um, Rashi is proof texting us from uh, Dvarim, sorry, Bamidbar, uh, chapter 11. Um, Asaf, gather, yeah. Right, so... Like so, they were gathering the straw, right? Uh, okay, nice. Same um, verb, isn't it? Look, let's go back a little bit. So in Parshat Yitro, that's the first time that Moshe says, I need help um, managing these people. But later on in, in this Parsha, I think this is Balotcha, um, in one of the many times which the Israelites are not getting their needs met, they're hungry, they're thirsty, they are... Um, demoralized where's my meat um uh god these are great verses just to linger on them a little bit so verse 11 moses said to god lama why have you why why are you making this job so hard why are you so bad to your servant meaning me why what have i not found favor in your eyes at masa Excellent um, pun there, Masa Moshe. Lasumit Masa Kolaam Azela. You've put the entire burden of this people on me, right? I need some in betweeners. Ha Anochi Hariti. Did I give birth at Kolaam Hariti from Herayon. Was I pregnant, right? Was I the one who was birthing this nation? Imanochi Latihu. Did I give birth to it? Kitomaralai, such that you would say to me, They're your responsibility. Put them in your bosom. Just as a nursemaid would would take the baby, would care for the baby's needs. Did, am I that responsible for the people, God, that you would put that on me? 
um, and, and take them all the way to the land. Where, where do you want me to get the meat? Let take lechol am to this nation. Kiv kula more when they wail upon me and say, "Give us the meat, and we'll eat." Lo uchal I cannot on my own bear laseit carry this whole people. Ki kavedimen to heaven. If this is what you're really going to ask of me, hargeni na harog, kill me now. I've never once experienced that feeling as a rabbi. I find the burden of this congregation to always be a light, joy, and a merit. If I really have found um, favor in your eye, I don't want to, you know, he's he's suicidal. I, I don't want to be witness to my own um, misery. God said to Moses, I'm listening to you. I got an idea. Esfali shivim ish. Collect for me 70 people. Mizikne Yisrael. Someone was talking about before the different words we'd use from the elders of Israel. Asher yadata, whom you know, I'm emphasizing that because Rashi is, whom, about whom you have specific experience and evidence. Ki that they are not only the elders nation, but they have already proven themselves, I'm interpolating here, to be proper supervisors, proper shotrim. Take them into the tent of meeting. Up until now, Moshe, only you have gone in there. You want to be removed of some of the burden? Fine. You're also going to be removed of some of the of the uniqueness in our relationship. Let them stand, have them stand up there right next to you. So in that verse, right, in context, all the verse is God saying, I've listened to you. Just so you know, Moshe, if you want less burden, you're going to have less kavod. You're going to have less uniqueness. You're going to have more people who are able to say that they are God's messengers, right? Fine. But what Rashi is saying is that this verse completes our verse because this is where those shotrim are given their reward for having proven themselves to be worthy intercessors between uh, a Moshe and the Israelites or even a taskmaster in the Israelites. So with that in mind, well, I have two, I see two hands and then we'll finish the Rashi. Lara, Diane, then Renee. I just want to know where Rashi gets, and I think I know the answer, where Rashi gets that the Shotrin were, were, were doing acts of kindness. How does he know that they did not insist that the Israelites do their work? I think the answer is it's in the Midrash, but it's, I don't see it in our verses at all. There's nothing that that would suggest that they hesitated. Um, I think you can find it in the pshat, other because I think the midrash tried to find it in the pshat. I think it's the answer to the question of why were the supervisors smitten and not the Israelites, right? Why so if it, so that if the shotrim were the shotrim who were told who had been placed over the Israelites were smitten and while they were smitten they were they were being yelled at saying why haven't you finished all your obligations then it's not a far jump to say why didn't you force them to do the very thing i asked them i asked you to make them do which is to make as many today as they made 3 days ago okay the the inference is from their being punished here that they must have done something but i'm saying in the verses before there's nothing that suggests that they held back correct the, we, we don't have it declarative or, or 
or in, in the narrative that up until now they held back. It's in, you're right. It's an inference from from this verse. Why else would they have been the one beaten rather than the individual Israelites who didn't complete their compliment? Yeah. Thank you, Renee, and then Barry. I'll stop um, the chair. So, so this is an old comment. Sorry, Melvin, but um, I'm just curious if anyone else happened to kind of see a relationship between these, the way they've gotten the guards and the Israelite guards and the other ones to the Shoah, because there were uh, many um, Jews that were also put in that position of having to be the, the guards of their fellow Jews. Yeah, I think, Renee, at one point you were um, having a hard time connecting to the Zoom session. It may have been during that that we had we had made that reference, right, that it's it's a it's a wrenching reference. But this is the birth, as it were, of the notion of a capo, of, of, of a Nazi like figure in our culture or any figure forcing the members of that own that population to do the awful work for them. Yeah, it's 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 overly evocative. Uh, Barry, and then Joanna. Well, by the uh, Egyptian taskmasters uh, complaining to the uh, Israelite overseers that they're not producing as the quota required uh, would imply that the Israelite overseers have not been pushing hard enough on the Israelites to produce. Yeah, I, I I think that that's correct. I think that what what Larry is pointing out is that we weren't told that they weren't pushing them hard enough. But I think that that's the very inference that Rashi is making and that the Midrash is making. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been the ones who were punished, right? Um, great, uh, Joanna, and then Norm. So, not to give too much of a spoiler alert, but I was remembering, and then so I scanned ahead to. Um, a few psukim from now, when the Shotrim appear before Paro, and as they leave Paro, they encounter Moshe and Aharon, and they don't speak kindly to them. And um, so I'm like, oh, and so what does Rashi have to say about that? Because they're not really acting like leaders in that verse in the way they talk to Moshe and Aharon, and yet they get this great merit. And it fascinates me now that Rashi is silent on verse 21. Mm. Mm. He has nothing to say about how they speak to Moshe and Aharon later on. Specifically as we're lingering in a zone of, of the intercessors, of the, of, of, of the people who are, the, the, the people who are, I'm trying to say how to say this. The, 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 the victims are obviously the ones lowest down in the chain, but there are all sorts of people in between them that are ending up impacting how wretched their situation is. Um, yeah, let, let, let's kind of come back to that silence when we get to that verse. Um, I'm, listen, I'm always fascinated because I feel like I know Rashi well, which is presumptuous because I know that there, there are true Rashi scholars out there with no false humility. I'm not a Rashi scholar, but I, but but I've studied most of the commentaries of Rashi on most of the verses of the Torah many times, and I, I feel like I know his way. Um, I still don't have a working theory as to when he does and does not comment. Like I, like when he does comment, like I, 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 I anticipate what he's going to ask in a verse. Um, there are certain verses where he doesn't say anything, and I don't know was he was he tired that day, or did he have a did he have a like a a specific reason why he doesn't didn't feel like he needed to add something. Um, and of course, we can't resolve it, but it's interesting to chew on. 
Um, he says in, in the uh, verse 20, he says, those are uh, Datan and Aviram. So he, I think he's isolating those two as the bad guys, and the rest of them didn't quarrel so much with Moses and Aaron, so they were okay. But I don't know. Uh, let, yeah, let's wait till we get there. Uh, it'll only take us six weeks. Um, Norm. Um, we're looking for reasons why the show train might have been justifiably blamed. Did they, in fact, not push them hard enough? I don't think it's relevant because first they were given a task that was unlikely to be successful, especially in the very short run. And second, a tyrant doesn't care about justice. A tyrant says, we're assigning you to be in charge of this. And if it doesn't work, you are going to be punished. And it doesn't matter how hard you tried or how hard you didn't try, you're going to be punished. So they've set it up in advance. They will be punished. And sure enough, they're punishing them. But it does not require any element of justice on the part of Pharaoh or Pharaoh's taskmasters for them to be punished. It doesn't matter whether they pushed very hard or not hard enough or yeah. not at all. Yeah. That's a really fascinating comment, Norm. Um, I'm trying to think if I can create the words I want to say in response to it, because what you're saying is very powerful in that it's it, it's actually the illogic that makes tyranny more tyrannical to experience, because it's, it's not even it's not even predictable, right? Like the um, you can do all the right things in the presence of a tyrant and still get whacked, right? Yeah. Um, at the same time, a tyrant wants to have there to be even some logic to the illogic because the tyrant wants to be wicked and brutal, but also effective and systemic. And if, if the tyrant wants to, wants to be tyrannical in a strategic way. So it's both the case that there's willy-nilly violence when you have a despot who's running things. And somehow the tyrant wants to have that tyrant's authority be understood, both in the fact that there's no sometimes no rhyme or reason and, and people who do the right things can get swept up. And they want the subject should actually know what to, you know, that, that certain things are going to be punished in a certain way. So you can read this argument, you could verse both ways. Like it's very specifically important for the Israelites to know that the task that the supervisors were punished for not pushing them so that they they feel they feel the pain that the people who are trying to protect them were the ones who were brutalized because that's that's awful also and it's also important for from Paris perspective for the uh individual slaves to not even event like where what where's this violence coming from we we, we 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 can't map that we can't structure that and which means that our society is even more bereft of reason than we thought mm -hmm. somehow both of those i think are present in evil um okay uh we're still in the rashi so uh, and and i sort of hinted at it but rick now read the last few words which in which rashi makes the specific connection between that verse which maybe i'll pull up again uh, while you're doing it um where are you verse um what why that verse is specifically being invoked here so we got to the, him quoting the verse uh, go to the words me'otan. Me'otan she'yadata ha'tova she'asu v'mitzrayim. Ki heim zikne ha'am v'shotrav. So when Rashi reads our verse from Bamidbar, where where God says here, um, uh, yeah, 70 elders, mizikne Yisrael, asher yadata, that you know, you have specific 
uh, evidence about. Rashi says, it's almost as if Rashi would put the vayadata in bold. Me'otan sheyadata, from those that you know, hatova, the good, she'asuba mitzrayim, right? What does that mean? Hatova she'asuba mitzrayim, Rick? The good that they had done in Egypt. Right, and the good that they had done on behalf of their fellow Israelites. They already had proven their mettle of being able to be you know, proper representatives and be as chas, as merciful on their subjects as we imagine God is with us. Those are people who are willing, who, who, who are, have earned the moniker of the elders, and this is a direct quote from the verse, and also its proper supervisors. A zakain, according to this, you earn by your age. To be a shoter, very different than the modern Hebrew policeman, to be a shoter, you earn by your comportment and how you're willing to deal with the people that you're responsible for. Okay. Uh, that brings us to the end of the first comment of Rashi on this verse. Um uh, which is not yet the comment where he's trying to put together uh, the sentence a little better than we had, that, that, that you know, the first 15 minutes of this class, we're trying to put the, together the sentence, the order of things, where's the madua, what's the tmol shalshom. It's in this comment of Rashi that he is going to try to do that. We have three minutes left, so let's try it. But Rick, let's take you off the hook because you've been on the hook. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Whom have we not heard from today? Who wants to read... Uh, Elon, do you want to start reading uh, the next Rashi by Yuku Shotrei Bnei Israel? Sure. Let me just get it. Uh, it's the second Rashi comment on verse 14. Uh, second Rashi comment on verse 14. Oh, I got it. Vayuku Shotrei Bnei Israel. Hashotrim. That one? No, that's the first comment. Now go to there's a second one where it's the same opening words, Vayukusha Trebne Israel, and then you have the Hebrew Asher Samu Nogse Faro, a little bit farther down. I can't seem to find it, so I'll take a pass. Okay. Let let, let me do a little bit of it and then we'll fill up, finish up next week. So Vayukusha Trebne Israel, Asher Sam. So again, this this comment of Rashi is Rashi doing reconstructive surgery on the verse. The only chiddush here is our learning how. He thinks the, the sentence could or should have been written for it to make more sense. So, by Yakushu Trebin Israel, the supervisors of the Israelites were smitten. Which supervisors? Rashi interpolates Asher Samu Nokse Faro Otam Lashotrim Alehem, whom had been placed by the Nokse uh, Faro, by the task, Pharaoh's taskmasters, to be Shotrim, supervisors upon them. Lemor Madua Datata. And the next phrase, the Lemur Madua, saying, why do you, which we had a machloket about, is that, was that describing what had happened before? Um, Rashi is agreeing with Joel and Larry here that, that this Lemur Madua saying, why do you, is specifically giving the explanation for why they're being smitten. Because while they're smiting them, the Noxim are saying to them, why are you? Lama Vayuku? Why were those people smitten? Shehayu omrim lahem, that the taskmasters were saying to the supervisors, madua lo chilitem, why have you not completed? Gam tmol gam hayom, what does that mean? The Neither yesterday nor today. This is, uh, think about um, 
Larry's comment about the Ray. Why yesterday and today have you not completed Chok HaKatsuv? Katsuv is an amount, like a Ketsev is a, is a finality. The, the required amount, Alechem Lilbon, that is still upon you to make bricks, Kitmo Hashlishi, Shehuyom Shalif Nehetmo. So he, he, he's saying the same thing that um, you were saying, Larry, about the, the rays, but he's, he's using slightly different words. He's, he's basically saying that, um, where am I in the verse? That, um, that, that, that Kitmol Shilshom, you were saying, means yesterday and everything before that. Rashi is saying that Kitmol Shilshom is simply a way of saying the, the day before yesterday and every day before that rather than making use of the word tomorrow a second time. And I think your answer is much elegant, much more elegant. Um, and the tomorrow shom, which again to Rashi means not yesterday and the day before yesterday, but rather the day before yesterday, everything every day before that, that was back in the era when the straw was being given to them. And so why, going back to Joanna's read of neither nor, why neither today nor yesterday have you, and by you I mean the people you're supervising, produced the the allotment that you had been producing starting the day before yesterday and every day before that? Without Rashi's reconstruction, we still know what the verse meant, but this is just his way of, of putting the pieces back together. Um, when we meet next time, we'll uh, see Rashi's treatment just on the grammar of the word Vayuku. And... Um, We'll pick it up then. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.